Our God has been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen, he doesn't obey my commands, and we can't even bribe him with trees. He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whisperers. Love the mother tongue. That's not Italian. <laughs> Welcome to God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. I'm Bill Swirla. Happy New Year. What are we listening to? Alleluia, freut euch. Was ist das? Ah, glad you asked. This das ist eine Blechtodotinide. Nikolai Hammerschmidt. The best, this is easily the best period of Lutheran liturgy and hymnody in our, in our history. 17th century. What's that tinkling in the background? That's the clock. That's it's the Christmas clock. You have a Christmas clock. Yeah, it plays a, plays a, a carol on the hour. We are recording <clears throat> on the Thursday before Christmas. However, this is being broadcast the day after New Year's, otherwise known as... The Feast of the Circumcision. And name of our Lord. Following the post-exilic, I believe it's post-exilic, convention that a child was named on its circumcision, his... His. His circumcision. His. Its circumcision would be... If there was a mistake. That would be a little rough. If, <laughs> if something <laughs> tragic happened. What is that smell? There's a medicinal antiseptic odor. I'm that's... a little corked up right now. I can't smell much of anything. Man. Well, we're here, we're here in the, the GW studios. <laughs> Craig is stuffed up. The dog smells like a dog. He does. <laughs> He does. Tea tree oil? All right. Paula, Paula says it smells good. She thinks. Oh, yeah. I'm being overcome right. by fumes. Oh, that's Rufus. Rufus. It's Rufus? Yeah, he, he smells like that now. You're just trying to mask his doggy smell. Exactly. The home. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome to uh, the 2012, the first episode in 2012 of The God Whisperers, and we are... The, the Feast of the Circumcision. Yes, uh, there we go. We have we have the singing rabbi. Yeah, he won't shut up now. He just keeps he, going. He made his he made his first appearance last week at the Christmas show. <laughs> As though it were recorded in a college up, dorm. College dorm should be so fortunate. Gosh, we have resources here. No, don't start him again, Paula. What are you doing? No. Oh no. Oh, you can turn him off. Yeah, what did you do to turn him on and off? <laughs> Where were you reaching there exactly? <laughs> you Uh-oh. can turn him on and off. Attention. The following segment there contains we go. a home schooler alert. All right, we've 
we, we've got we've got some unfinished business from our, our last meeting, according to the minutes. By the way, but and this is just an aside for you, Robert's Rules of Order, people. Yes. The term is not old business. The term is unfinished business. Ah. Old business is business that keeps coming up like a bad burp. Unfinished business is business that was not taken up at the last time that the body met. Inquire no more, you feral beast. Thank you. Uh, first, we had a, a uh, an iTunes copyright issue that came up yes. last time. Yes. Where I wanted to play a <clears throat> Bruce Coburn thing. Jesus Ahatonia. You think you're better than everyone because you don't do anything in English anymore. The Huron Carol. I am better than everyone. The Huron what? The Huron. Oh, Huron. I'm like, the urine, Carol? So that I'm, just doesn't sound but, good. But I forgot that we had my iPad. However, we didn't have it hooked up, so is, my, is, this, is, this, is, this, uh, is this going here? <laughs> yeah. So a little bit of Bruce Coburn from the Bruce Coburn Christmas album, Jesus Atonia. Do you like a cough drop? I've got cough drops. There it is. This is Canada's oldest Christmas carol. Why are we listening to this? Uh, for interest. Written, <laughs> written in 1643 by Jean de Brebeuf, a Jesuit missionary at Santa Maria among the Hurons in Canada. <clears throat> he wrote the lyrics in the native language of the Huron-Wendat peoples. Do we have an interpretation of these speaking in tongues here? I'm looking right now. Um, I, 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 thought this, I thought this would deliver, but uh, let's see. Hang on here. We will have... I uh, got it. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. "'Twas in the moon of wintertime when all the birds had fled that mighty Gitche Manitou sent angel choirs instead." When's the last time you heard Gitche Manitou I'm, in a Christmas carol? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about that. Before their light, the stars grew dim, and wondering hunters heard the hymn, Jesus, your king is born, Jesus is born, in excelsis gloria. Within a lodge of broken bark, the tender babe was found, a ragged robe of rabbit skin enwrapped his beauty round. But as the hunter braves drew nigh, the angel's song rang, Loud and high, Jesus, your king is born. Jesus is born in excelsis gloria. The earliest moon of winter time is not so round and fair as was the ring of glory on the helpless infant there. The chiefs from far before him knelt with gifts of fox and beaver pelt. 
Jesus, your king is born. Jesus is born in excelsis gloria. I think he's taking a little liberty with the text there. O children of the forest free, O seed of Manitou, the holy child of earth and heaven is born today for you. Come kneel before the radiant boy who brings you beauty, peace, and joy. Jesus, your king is born. Jesus is born in excelsis gloria. I don't remember anyone bringing rabbit pelts to the baby Jesus. Contextualization. How many times do I have to remind you of that? This is emergent, baby. This is 17th century emergent. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna just. That start, man was. That Jesuit was missional. I'm gonna just start preaching that the, uh, the, the the Magi brought pasta to the baby Jesus. Yes, pasta. Pasta. Gnocchi. Brajul. Pasta. Brajul. Gnocchi. With a gorgonzola sauce. Mm. Yes. And a nice lambrusco. We're, we're plumbing the depths now. The Virgin Mary gave birth, and then they had cannolis. Cannolis would have been nice. <laughs> I think the wise men brought hummus. Hummus. Hummus and... Um, Saganaki. You know, flaming cheese is just the thing. You know, nothing says love at the holidays more than flaming cheese. <laughs> All right, that's that's the Huron Carol, Bruce Coburn. I'm, I'm still not sure why we did that, but okay. unfinished business—not old business, but unfinished business. I got another piece of unfinished business here, so, and that is from the mailbag. Uh oh, the mailbag. Wait a minute. Where's where's did, the did I just say mailbag? Yes, there it is. The DW Swirlitzer presents the mailbag. God whispers at gmail.com. Oh, did I do the Manly Doctors 13 thing? Not yet, time? but hang on. All right, so oh, okay. so here, anyway, let, let, me, let me get to right. the mailbag. Let me get to the mailbag. Because uh, I, I did write this guy back. Uh, Pete writes, I listen and enjoy your show. And those really are two separate things, listening and enjoying the show. Have you ever talked to anybody like like any of your old profs from the SEM or 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 maybe somebody that, you know some some like bureaucrat from the synod that says, Craig, I caught that show of yours, the God Whispers, and then there's that silence <laughs> where <laughs> they don't quite know what to say. Unlike you, my former profs don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> they don't remember you. Well, there's that too. You know, it's like a post-traumatic stress syndrome. They've just they've just purged you. They're, you are a repressed memory. I, I wrote a note to Betsy Nagel the other day, <laughs> thanking her for the work. Do you know of her she's husband. on Facebook? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, where yeah, I wrote yeah. her the note. And, and, and she goes, and and I I told her that I was one Donna of Frio? one of Nagel's one of Norman's students, yeah. and that I'm I'm so grateful for. Yeah. Did you graduate? What, what he told me. <laughs> And I said, I doubt that Dr. Nagel would even remember me. No. But yeah. you, you actually, know. he probably would. Oh, I don't know. Norman would. Nor- Norman, you Norman think? remembered. Yeah. I, I, I think the ones that, unless you said something really dumb in his class on a consistent basis, then you would have probably been purged from his memory. Uh, kind of the way, you know, in the parables, I never knew you. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, but, but you're, you're gospel enough. Well, I, I did actually, as I was writing a paper, did I, you ever get I an O him- Splendid? 
I got a, a couple of bang ons from him. Oh, see, he remembers. And you. and a jolly good or two. Oh, see, now you're yeah. in. You're you're yeah, see, you're a list. Well, well, and then I also did get an oh horror. You must repent of that immediately. Oh, see that <laughs> you don't want to get too many of those. <laughs> no, just one. You get a red card, out, and, you and know. That, that cut to the quick right there. That was the yellow card right there. Yeah, the oh horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pete writes, I listen and enjoy your show. I think he means to say, I listen to and enjoy your show, but I'm not going to quibble on this, okay? I'm just, you know, editor that I am. You, you might like to know that you have at least one more, quote, American evangelical listener, unquote. Hmm. I'm actually finding a great deal of healthy critique of American, evangelis- of, of American evangelicalism among the LCMS. Yeah, as most of the LCMS goes there, but that's another story. This really isn't what I'm writing about, though. I believe I heard on you show, that's on your show, that the reason for December 25th as the Christmas date has to do with the Jewish tradition that a prophet was conceived on the same day of the year that he was martyred. Am I correct in remembering that I heard that on God Whispers. If so, would you give me a source reference? Thank you. By his grace, Pete. Well, Pete, thank you for writing. What are you doing there, Craig? I, I hear I'm, the... I'm chatting with Henning. Oh, is he, is he on board? Yeah, he, well, I'm, I'm telling him that uh, maybe in the second half we'll talk to him. Oh, we've got to hear from our yeah. southern, since we couldn't get the anti-clause, Rick, from the he, South Pole. He says, quote, it's hot as bloody hell here. Nice, <laughs> nice, in the bleak midwinter. <laughs> Um, but anyway, uh, I did write Pete back, and I referred him to Thomas Talley's book, The Origins of the Liturgical Year. Which, uh, but then in, in, in pursuing this, I came across on the Internet um, from a Biblic, Biblical Archaeology Review, Biblical Archaeology Review, uh, acronym BAR. There's a good one. Uh, from BAR Magazine. Uh, an article by Andrew McGowan, How December 25th Became Christmas. And he notes the two competing stories that, uh, that feed into the December 25th. And I would add also January 6th follows the same thing. The two competing stories, one being the, um, the pagan holiday of the Sol Invictus and uh, its correspondence to the end of the year. The other being the, the practice or the understanding that um, a prophet was conceived on the day of his death. And uh, he goes through all the evidence and really does a nice job of summarizing it uh, from Clement of Alexandria, uh, Augustine, uh, let's see who else, Tertullian. I'm just kind of skimming down here. And let's see if I can uh, grab... A couple of paragraphs. He writes, The December 25th feast day seems to have existed before 312, before Constantine and his conversion at least. As we have seen, the Donatist Christians in North Africa seem to have, have known, known it from before that time. Furthermore, in the mid to late 4th century, church leaders in the Eastern Empire concerned themselves not with introducing a celebration of Jesus' birthday, but with the addition of the December date to their traditional celebration on January 6th. Um, and then he cites Thomas Talley, uh, and he goes on around 200, 
Tertullian of Carthage reported the calculation that the 14th of Nisan, the day of the crucifixion according to the Gospel of John, in the year Jesus died was equivalent to March 25th in the Roman solar calendar. March 25th is, of course, nine months before December 25th. It was later recognized as the Feast of the Annunciation, the commemoration of Jesus' conception. Thus, Jesus was believed to have been conceived and crucified on the same day of the year. Exactly nine months later, Jesus was born on December 25th. This idea appears in an anonymous Christian treatise entitled On Solstices and Equinoxes, which appears to come from 4th century North Africa. This treatise states, Therefore our Lord was conceived on the 8th of the calends of April in the month of March, that would be March 25th, which is the day of the passion of the Lord and of his conception. For on that day he was conceived on the same he suffered. Based on this, the treatise dates Jesus' birth to the winter solstice. And then, then he cites Augustine, also of North Africa. And so this, this is a prevalent understanding in the early centuries uh, third and fourth century, that December 25th is a convention based on nine months uh, after the, the, uh, the, conception, or the conception equal to the death of Jesus. And it really all hinges around the, the date of Passover and Easter. It, yeah. So what's your personal thought on uh, time of year of uh, the birth of Christ and so forth? Well, I, I, we just don't know. Um, the, 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 the narrative, you know, a lot of people try to read into the shepherds keeping right. watch over yeah, the field Yeah, that's flocks. what I was thinking. But the reality is if you read, and I think this is Jeremias, I'm, I'm just, you know, going off the top of my head here, but, but lambs occur throughout the year. There is no real sort of lambing season. Uh, some people have tried to make a big deal out of that, that, that uh, you know, it would have had to have been in the spring because that was lambing season. fact is that at any particular flock, at any given time, there might be lambs. And so these particular shepherds just so happened to be out in the fields rather than uh, kind of watching over the pens for, you know, whatever reason. But, See, here you know, are, Luke doesn't expand on that at we're all. We're recording here on the 22nd of December. And I just look, it's 1.19 a.m. Jerusalem time. It's 55 degrees out in Jerusalem. Yeah. That's no that's, different than us. <laughs> yeah, that, that is not unreasonable to be out, you know, tending to your sheep at night when it's 55, 60 degrees out. That's, I mean, it's not like they're frozen out there. Right. You know, and, and a lot of the imagery of Christmas is really northern European imagery. Right. The yeah. sea amid the winter snow. Uh, yeah, not much snow going on there in the Middle <clears> East. Um, and and I always think about our friends in the southern hemisphere. You know, they're like you said, Henning's baking down right. there, <laughs> yeah. and and this is this is Christmas. Yeah, I actually asked Henning about that not too long ago. I said, well, what, what do people who have grown up in South Africa never moved? Never, you know, what what do they think when they hear songs like White Christmas? <laughs> you know. Of course, South Africa, they probably think apartheid, but that's, that's a whole other story. Yeah, that's, that's right. Well, they're, they're, they're thinking about a lot of things. Um. But, yeah, as, as far as when it could have been, it really, it's, I, it's pretty open. Luke, you know, Luke uh, fixes it in, in terms of the politicians in office and, and the census, and, and there's, there's problems with that, too. Right. Uh, just trying to get that to link up to secular history. 
But um, in terms of the time of year, who really knows? Uh, it, it's just not. It, it's just not there. And it makes sense because in that culture at that time, birthdays were not the significant events that they are for us. Hmm. Death days are, but they didn't celebrate birthdays. That's why for hundreds of years the church never celebrated the birth of Christ. But they, they from the from the word go, celebrated his death and right, resurrection. Right. You know, and so it, well, it's would very there consistent. be a commemoration of your of your circumcision or anything? No, like that? no, 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 no. See, children were losers beyond belief. In yeah. fact, you you know, now in in Judaism, you named the child, at least the male child, you named the child on the eighth day, right? Which is what you know that's a big deal. Yesterday, January first, uh, New Year's on the secular calendar, name and circumcision of our Lord on the uh, on the liturgical calendar, eight days after December twenty fifth. So. Well, you're probably also looking at because of high infant mortality rate and this sort of thing that we, that's right. we really weren't going to celebrate that's, you until your bar mitzvah. There are some cultures <laughs> I'm aware of don't name their kids till they're two. Yeah, because you just don't know. You don't want to use up all the good names, or <laughs> or you remember the the convention back in our parents' day where you you didn't announce the pregnancy until you were kind of sure it was going to hold. Yeah, third trimester kind of thing almost. Yeah, I mean, mothers waited a long time before they went public with the news. Now yeah. it's up on Facebook almost as soon as the uh, you know as the the uh, the home pregnancy the, the, test. The P test. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know, but anyway, uh, if. A really, really good article uh, from uh, Andrew McGowan, Biblical Archaeology Review, Bar Magazine. Uh, It's at uh, www.bib-arc.org. And uh, if you just kind of uh, uh, Google date of Christmas, uh, you'll you'll get to it. But uh, he does a really, really nice job of summarizing all the early church references and the people who have... Uh, now, he doesn't have direct quotes, of uh, which Tally does, but, but he does a really nice summary job of it. And I think it has a lot of credibility. It, it does not make sense to me uh, that they simply baptized a pagan holiday. That, that, that has never really sat well with me, but it's really popular. The people like to sling that one at Christians. Oh, you know, Christmas, it has pagan origins. Uh, no, <laughs> not necessarily. And even if it did, it wouldn't, it wouldn't uh, negate the truth of it. It would just be kind of part of the lore of Christmas. That's right. All. Right. Very good. So are we going to talk about the circumcision? What do, Let's what do you listen to more Bruce. <laughs> what language is this going to be in? English. I love Bruce. Bass going here for some reason. Yeah, it's kind of nice. It's got, got a big bass sound. Yeah, but I have the bass cranked on the board. Maybe it's for iPad. reasons unknown. Maybe it's the iPad. I saw Bruce at uh, San Juan Capistrano, the coach house, before it burned down. Bruce rocks. My buddy Wally is a huge Bruce fan. Sends me all kinds of Bruce Coburn music. So, uh, so Craig, you want to talk about the circumcision of our Lord? And circumcision makes me nervous, and rightfully so. <laughs> uh, 
uh, I'll never forget uh, Dr. Brighton uh, going God off on circumcision. Man. <laughs> he was one of the most earthy professors there ever was. I could just hear him, men, men, circumcision in the foreskin of your flesh. It's a sign of the covenant. Yeah. Sign of the covenant. Every time that Abraham took a leak, he remembered the covenant. Or as Corby, I think, put it is, you know, God puts the sign at the procreation point. <laughs> well, that's a little bit, a little bit more tame than, uh, than, than. Uh, oh, every Uncle, time Uncle that Lou. every time that Abraham and Sarah had sex, <clears throat> is that the that no? He he pretty much said a, uh, a no self-respecting Jew oh, never no, no, put no, his no, sign say, of the covenant in another no, man's. No, mm, no, you know, <laughs> don't say that. Oh gosh, I didn't see that coming. I, oh, I, I, I didn't say it, but oh. you get the idea. Oh. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Uncle Lou. Attention. Alright, let's restart that. Oh, see I didn't see I didn't see that coming. Well, neither did I. That, That's why it was on the floor. Inquire no more, you feral beast. Genesis chapter 11, you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins. And it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. And I love how when God says it, it's me and you. Yeah. Not you and me, me and you. That's bad grammar. It's God. He can do anything he wants. Any uncircumcised male who's not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be, and this verb is quite literally translated, cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. Then Abraham took Ishmael his son and all the slaves born in his house or bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and he circumcised the flesh of their foreskins that very day, as God had said to him. Abraham was, wait for it, 99 years old Ouch. when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael, his son, was <coughs> 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. Yeah. Don't know what to say about that. Leviticus 12.3, and on the eighth day, the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised. I, you know, I, I'm left <laughs> to asking repeatedly, why does God do the things that he does? And he ain't explaining why, anything. Why do, <laughs> I, I mean... Why, why isn't it trim your, your fingernails or something like that? And it's, I mean, <laughs> yeah, well... It, it just wouldn't be the same. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now, I do believe that male circumcision was known uh, prior to God's employing this sign as his own sacrament. Why? 
I don't know. I just I, I, no, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm well, making what, an assumption here. But why, I, why do you assume that? Huh? Why Why would you assume that? Uh, because it's kind of of uh, I won't say universally found, but it's found a lot. Now, granted, and I'm you know I'll grant this that that this is all after the fact. Um, but I do believe, and, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of pulling from dim and distant memory, but I think there is sufficient evidence to argue that uh, this sign was known in the uh, surrounding nations. <laughs> what are we listening we're to? We're out of time. Oh, we're out of time. Yeah, Seriously. we're running, running low on time, so I'm just wrapping you up here. So Luke, Luke devotes one verse to this, and, and Luke being very precise doesn't deliver the name Jesus until the day of his circumcision, eight days after his birth, when he becomes a son of the covenant and sheds his blood under the law to redeem us. We'll be back. Not yet, Henning. We need music. <laughs> okay, cue me. Like, a, like it was recorded in a college dorm, they said. Remind, note to self, fire the sound engineer in 2012. Craig, did you check out the, my greeting that I sent to you? Not yet. Not yet, Henning. <laughs> this is Moya Brennan, sister of Enya, in the bleak midwinter. <laughs> Henning, what's the temperature down there? Um, it varies between... Uh, any high 80s to yeah we had uh, we had a scorcher yesterday it was about 102 102 in the bleak midwinter <laughs> or is it summer that's the uh, question do you guys call it summer or winter that's in the high summer man it's you, summer. You actually call it so your winters are summer and our summers your winter can't we agree on anything in this world no, and we, we drive on the right-hand side of the road. You do? You, 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 no, you don't. You, you drive on the wrong side, don't you? No, we, we drive on the right side of the road. Which is which the left. You said right hand. I know. Big difference. <laughs> Big difference. <laughs> you know, if I ever go to one of those countries, I'm getting a driver. I, I am not taking that on. There is no way that I could drive on the left side of the street. Uh, it's much easier than you think. Right? <laughs> That's what they said before the wreck. Uh, Henning, no, huh? I mean, it, uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say it was like when I came to the states first time back in 2000. I was, uh, yeah, I was really like, you know, petrified, <coughs> and all that I did was I just followed the other cars. <laughs> that that would work anywhere but in Orange County. Well, depending on where in Orange County. Yeah. 
because we, we have a lot of foreign drivers. Place like Garden here. Grove, yeah. you're, in, you're in trouble. If you followed the other cars, you'd be driving on the sidewalk. <laughs> okay, for those of you, I, I got to get this off my chest. For those of you who are on our Facebook, I'm being mocked for saying underway, W-E-I-G-H. Swirl is insisting it's W-A-Y. But as we Bob, see here, Bob is insisting it should be W H E Y as in curds and whey. <laughs> as we see here, back in 1749, underway the way that I said it was correct, but apparently the etymology has changed. And you haven't caught up in with it. In our postmodern yet. society, yeah. where words no longer have any meanings, now it's W A Y. Yeah, I think this is another. So those of you who have mocked me, you have no sense of history and neener, neener, neener on you. You're the, a bunch of losers. I, I, so I, there. I think this is another attempt to, to hide a D'Onofrio homonym error. No, because I actually Googled it before I posted it. Apparently what I Googled was, was <laughs> the wrong was one. A little antiquated. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, is this W-E-I-G-H or W-A-Y? Because I know Way Acre is not W-A-Y. It's, that's the King James version of Way. Right. See, Henning understands because he's from South Africa. They speak real English there. They drive on the wrong side of the street. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Henning, you know, you're, you're kind of, I, I, I have to be honest here. You are our number two call. We wanted to get in touch over the holidays. Wow. Why don't you just, just with the, with, you're at, with you the, know what? We're talking about the circumcision. Why don't you just cut him off right now? Why don't you just uh, snip him? No. No, <laughs> none, of the, none, of the, none of that kind of language. What are you doing? I'm having a little more apple. You're going to have to do double your P90X. It's going to have to be P180X. This thing's, this thing's crack is what it is. Yeah, right. We, we are pounding down at a prodigious rate this candied apple that somebody sent to Nofrio. It's the size of my head. Yeah, the, the thing weighs about four and a half pounds. It's this, it's this huge, and I mean huge. This must have been grown under high-tension power lines or next to a nuclear it's, plant. It's a genetic mutant. It's this huge Granny Smith apple coated in about, oh, I would say three to four millimeters of caramel and then coated in white and dark chocolate. And that chewing sound that you hear is D'Onofrio destroying, and I mean destroying his entire uh, exercise and eating program, and it's only January 2nd. This should have been on video. (laughs) No. I've lost two two pounds this week. I just gained one back. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. Well, and that doesn't include the, the lunch at Benji's. That was delicious. Oh, yeah. It was really delicious. So, you said I was second up. Who, what, huh? I said you said I was second up. Uh, yeah, we, we were trying to get in touch with Rick, the anti-Santa Claus at the South Pole. He's the only, oh, pers- right. he's the only person we know that's more Southern than you are. But, but he, had, he was called away to actually, now get this, uh, don't laugh, do his job. You know, unlike D'Onofrio and I, and apparently you. So we got, we got these three slobs sitting around not doing their vocation, recording God Whispers uh, to be broadcast January 2nd. Are, are you south of Adelaide, Australia, or north of Adelaide? Because <laughs> we had Carl in his, his call last show. And so I'm just trying uh, to figure, you know, as, as to the, the latitude, would you be north or south of Adelaide? Any ideas? Um, I think we might be more south. More south, Okay. Wow. Mm. Wow. There you have it. So, 
Well, I'm, I'm, I'm no, 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 take that. Yeah, I'm speaking on the correct. I mean, I'm not on you, say, you sound like you're talking out of a trash can right now. <laughs> no, actually. Because I, don't have, uh, because I don't have my mic and stuff with me. I'm just on my notebook ah. uh, mic. Oh, no kidding. That's pretty good sound for notebook yeah, mic. Yeah, mo move in close to it, though. Make sure you're in there close. Like this. Oh, cool. oh that's better. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Nice. Hey, did, did you read about how the Occupy people may have taken over, and, and this would have happened today, so I have no idea how it comes out. South but Africa? They, no, they were threatening to take over the Rose Parade. Oh, that'd be cool. I would tune in for that. Yeah. I mean, I boycott the Rose Parade every year, unless, it, you know, I pray for rain, and, and those high winds would be kind of fun, too. I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd kind of be interested to see how, how those, those, those floats would handle uh, a 100-mile-an-hour gust. I, I, was, uh, I was a little nervous because New Year's being on Sunday this year, I thought, oh, oh I'm going to have a hard time getting to church in Pasadena. Oh, that's right. You are in Pasadena. Yeah, we're, we're about but maybe... They, uh, they, uh, have a, they have an agreement <coughs> never, right. never to hold the Rose Parade on a Sunday. Right. So I, I, was, I, was, I wasn't thinking about that initially. I was like, oh, no, I'm going to have to leave at like 5 a.m. to get to church. And then it, it dawned on me, there, it's the second. Yeah. So I so, won't be anywhere near the place. So, Henning, um, your thoughts on the circumcision of our Lord, which is really the whole point of January 1st. Yeah, that's why we called you, is to talk about the cutting of genitals. Okay. Please. <laughs> Divinely mandated. <laughs> An Old Testament sacrament, if you will. A how, sign how you, of the covenant. How do you feel about this, Henning? <laughs> how do I feel about it? Um... Well, what about circumcision or about specifically the circumcision of our Lord? Ah, oh, you pick. Oh, I, I, yeah. <laughs> oh, circumcision general, ouch. Okay. That's right. I mean, think that's, about that's it. Correct. Abraham was 99 years old. Now, you know, when you're eight days old, you don't got a lot to say about it. And by the way, there is a compelling argument by analogy for infant baptism. But, but, you right, know, right. but you don't have anything to say about it. But 99 years old, I mean, remember that Bill Cosby incident or, or, or Bill Cosby episode where, where, where he's talking, he, you know, it's God and Abraham talking. And, and he going, you want me to what? They're, they're going over the terms of the covenant. <laughs> and then they get down to this and he goes, you, you want me to do what? <laughs> All bets are off at that point. I, I don't times. I, I don't know. Good times. So as a, as a future seminarian there, Henning. Oh, that's right. You, you are going to be theologically trained one day. Yeah. That'll mess you up. Yes. Yeah, no, definitely, huh? Yeah, you'll, you'll fear and trembling. To, uh, you'll have to stop reading good theology for a while to go to seminary. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you know, one, one of the curious things about circumcision in the Old Testament is that God never really explains himself. No. Uh, Luther, I think, uh, he surmised that it, it had to do with the transmission of sin through the Father, uh, although it's never explained that way. Um, it is certainly a sign of the covenant, that is, it's a mark in the flesh. Um, and, uh, and, I mean, we, we find it strange, and I think we, there, there are probably people who find it downright barbaric. Uh, and this whole notion, but this idea that that God brands His people with a mark in the flesh, so they know to whom they belong. First of all, 
And, and secondly, that the, what's the promise to Abraham? What, what's the core of the, prom, the covenant with Abraham? You'll be my people. A, a seed, that through your seed, all nations of the earth will be blessed. And, and, ah. and Paul makes this big point in Galatians. It's seed singular, not descendants, but this unique descendant. And so precisely at that procreation point, if you will, the instrument of procreation. Oh, you can get away with all kinds of things on this day, can't you? Um, God puts this sign, this mark, reminding Abraham, A, of who he is, and B, of what that promise is that God has made, that one of his would be the promised seed through whom all nations of the world would be blessed. And the promise himself is circumcised on the eighth day of his life, too. Hmm. So, Henning, what's your well, take on that? <laughs> no, well, it's, you know, it goes back to the whole thing of, of you know, you think about, a, you know, God acting, you know, in paradox. You know, it's, uh, you know, we, or, you know, circumcision being, you know, us being, or, or Israelites being marked, you know, in the flesh. Um, the people who see that as barbaric, you know, I think you, you read through the whole of the Old Testament, you know, um, yeah, uh, talking donkeys, you know, all kinds of strange things going on, um, and uh, that's uh, that's many times how God works, you know, is 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 in um, in direct opposition as you know as to what we would like we would like it to be. Mm. Well, I, I think there's also, the, the, there's, there's an incredible, and I mean, you're, this always has to be kind of, it's hard, hard to kind of conceptualize. It? There's this, this incredible earthiness about all of this, fleshiness, if you will. You know, that when God deals with us spiritually, he deals with us through the flesh. You know, that is, that is when, he, when he rebirths us and renews us, it is with the, the creatures of water, and and the, the the preached word or the the body and blood uh, given right. in the the bread and the wine and so so God does not work around our flesh but but it's a very incarnate way so when God makes a promise it's not just an abstract promise but there there is a concrete uh, delivery point it it has marked Abraham indelibly in his flesh. You know, and 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 so th- th- I think I think it's a very incarnate kind of theology. Yeah. Uh, that that God does not deal with us spiritually except through our creatureliness. Right. I, I like where you're going with that, and this is the same reason that we have sacraments, is God leaves us without any doubt because we are very physical beings that understand what's tangible. When you start talking spiritually and it becomes this mystical thing that may or may not be so. But when you talk physically, this is my body, this is my blood given for you. We have here a physical element that we can lay hold of and say, okay, this, this I can see, I can taste, I can, I can feel this. Uh, water and baptism, you know, there's that physical element. Yes, that water was poured on me with the name of Christ and the name of God put on me and there I have my salvation. And so God knows the creatures that he's made or, or we, we, we're, we're bound to our senses here on earth. But when we start talking all spiritual and mystical and everything else, well, every religion does that. We don't know what's what when it comes to the spiritual realm. So God leaves us with these physical marks like this. 
What you got there, Henning? Well, I was just going to say, then it can just be anything. You know, it was like the other day a guy asked me, you know, how do you know this is true? You know, how do you know Christianity, you know, what what is there? What is tangible? I said, it's word and sacrament. You know, you just go to church on Sunday and you stand there and you observe, you know, the, the, the liturgy, the the word being preached. And then, you know, the people across the whole spectrum from young right through to old, you know, going to the communion rail. Um, you know, it's that's a, it's like it's like gold. You know, was was uh, going. Well, that's what he was going with. You know, um, that that is how that is how God comes to us in you know in a tangible way, and that is the only way that we can know. You know, him him coming to us. See, I, I, there's also, I, I think, in, in circumcision, uh, there, there's a Paul interprets this also in an allegorical kind of way as well. That is, it, is, it, is a, it, it represents, um, I would say symbolizes, because it actually isn't that, but it, it represents that. The, the, the putting away of the old man. Colossians 2. Right. Yeah. And, and so, so that this is, this is a putting away of the sinful flesh. It's not to say a foreskin is sinful. That's not the point. Uh, it, it apparently is kind of dispensable. I don't know. You know, I mean, you know, if God says you can cut it off, you can cut it off. I, you know, I, I guess you can do without it. Uh, he designed it. He designed us with, with one on. So, you know, disposable parts. I mean, who would have figured? Appendix? Uh, not as disposable as they thought. What does the appendix do? Uh, it's apparently it's got some it's got some some biology. It's got some things happening. It's not vestigial like those those evolutions. Everything they can't explain is vestigial. You know, no, it's, it serves a purpose. It serves a purpose. You're better off with it than without it, unless the thing's threatening to blow up. What's it? Do, do you have your appendix? I do. I even have my tonsils and my wisdom teeth. Wow, you're 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 intact. I am. Totally. Uh, corneas. <laughs> oh, that's right. You have I've, bad I've got eyes. Got someone man. else's you, corneas. Oh gosh, you're just your your eyes are just. That's the weak link, right there. I see there. dead people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know this idea of putting away the sinful flesh. You know, another thought occurs to me, and that is that when when we deal with the the the, the believer, the the new man. You know, the new man is a spiritual man. That is that is he does not yet have a body. Mm-hmm. The new man. The new man exists in this body of death, in this body of the flesh. In fact, um, you know, Paul will refer to the new man as the inner man and the old man as the outer. And, and I've, started, I've been thinking about this. This has been on my theological workbench of late, is that God deals with the new man through the old man, not around him. There's no direct route. So you must baptize the old man. It's the, it's the flesh that's baptized. It's the flesh that's circumcised. And for the flesh, that is law. It's death. See, but doesn't this just lend... But for the new man, it's gospel. It's gift. It's promise. It's life. For, for those who are Gnostics, doesn't this kind of lend a little bit more credence to their idea that the physical is evil and the spiritual is good and that sort of thing? And so here we're, we're cutting the physical out... No, not at all, because you, you can't have one without the other. The new man exists in, with, and under the old man. Now, the old man dies. But I'm saying, wouldn't this lend to their argument as far as them saying, aha, see, see? It here. could. Yes, it, it could, yeah. except for one thing. 
and this is the thing that, this is, this is the, 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 the dagger that puts this to death, the resurrection of the body. Ah. That's yes. why, you see, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, so in the resurrection, will the circumcised be reunited with their foreskin? What a great question that is. Yeah, this <laughs> ranks up there with whose corneas will I have in heaven? Well, we don't even want to go there. That's like, <laughs> kind of like, will you, you get you're your gonna rise, back. You're going to rise like a big cyclops. I'm four eyes. <laughs> yes. Like, so, well, actually, I've had three transplants. I'll have five eyes. <laughs> You can have compound vision like a fly, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to be like, man, you'll be able to see through walls. But no, see, the resurrection of the body is what puts the lie to the whole thing. Jesus' resurrection, because because if the new man uh, is is only spiritual forever, then there is no resurrection of the body. It's unnecessary. Then the old pop can illustration works. Liberate that new man from the confines of the flesh, and he's good to go. Now, I'm not saying that's soul either, by the way. New man. New, new man is something entirely different. He exists now in Christ. Right. And the old man exists in Adam. You know, and that's, but here's the thing. God always must, he, God deals with us through the old man and the new man works through the old man. I think also. That's why, that's why you need the law. You need, you need the law to basically force the old man to cooperate. I think also looking at this with Christ being circumcised, it goes along with his kind of, his being baptized and that sort of thing. He takes the cut for us. And down the line, the apostles say, look, circumcision isn't what it used to be. It's well, not quite what it is because Jesus took one for us. Everything ends in Christ. Right. So, so when that, on that eighth day, which we celebrated yesterday, when, when our Lord himself in the flesh is circumcised and given the name Jesus, circumcision for all intents and purposes is fulfilled. In fact, uh, like, I like Capon, you know, because Christ embodies all of humanity, when he was circumcised, the whole world became a Jew. <laughs> right. I mean, we're all circumcised yeah. in him. Yeah. In him. And so, so but the he... The new Israel. He, that's right. right? When, when he's baptized in John's baptism, John's baptism has come to its fulfillment. Now, it carries on, but, you know, God's sloppy about that. He just doesn't, you know, he just kind of leaves things sort of hanging off at the fringes there. So this seems to be a nice... I shouldn't use terms like hanging off. It's just not that... that <laughs> you got to watch your vocabulary on this, this. Even the term feast of the circumcision of our Lord yeah. just doesn't sit well. It's unnerving. Unnerving. It really is yeah, unnerving. Very, very much so. Yeah. So, Henning, we are, we are now in a new year, and we're talking about the new man and the new man in the new year. What are your predictions for the year 2012? Ah, predictions for 2012. We need, to, we need to get into the serious stuff what, what's here the, what, what's, Do you have any southern hemispherical predictions? Globally, church-wise, whatever. Personally. Hello? Um, <laughs> just give me a minute, man. Yeesh. Are you there? You know, I, yeah. I, I, I think I think Henning's Henning's nipping the Amarula he's like, pretty. He's, he's he's hitting he, the Amarula. He fell asleep because because we kind of didn't let him get in on that other conversation. He's there. He's, he's up in the mountains, sort of just pounding the Amarula. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you don't have firearms up there, do Leave you? Leave those sheep alone, Henning. You think you about the Australian? Oh man. yeah, I always get you confused with the Australians. Yeah. <laughs> come on, come Please, on. New yeah. Zealanders. In the game. <laughs> 
I, I predict that uh, that the uh, the levels of rambling at the guard whispers will um, it will escalate exponentially. Wow, how could it get any worse? That, predict- oh, that, that prediction frightens me um, <laughs> at some deep, deep level. Uh, any, any other, any, any, uh, any, any other predictions uh, regarding um, um, I, anything, Henning? <laughs> we're, we're predicting that one of us will be fired. This yeah, year. yeah. One of one of our predictions is we're going on record that one of us is going to lose his job this year. Um, okay. <laughs> I, will probably, I, will, I will probably, uh, by the, by the middle of the year, I will probably be insane. That's insane or in SEM? In, well, both. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's one and the same, really. You know, actually, if you don't go insane, you can't possibly make it through the SEM. So, so I suggest that you lose your sanity as soon as possible. There is that. No, well, for sure. I mean, we've got, uh, just, well, two of the, Two of the things that's probably going to drive me insane is we we have uh, Greek and Hebrew uh, right through the year. Oh yeah, you know, contrary to public opinion, Hebrew is much easier to learn than Greek. I agree, but and you never forget it because it's not cognate with anything. But the vocab is more difficult. Once learned, though, rarely forgotten. Once learned, you don't forget yeah, it. That's true. Greek in one ear, out the other, baby. The only thing worse is Latin. That just never stuck. But but the 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 syntax or, or the the vocabulary in the Greek is easier than the vocabulary of the Hebrew to learn because we have so many Greek based words in English. Now I, I have a prediction. Okay. I, I predict that the Mayans will be right, but in the wrong way. I have no idea what you're trying to say. You'll see. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Henning, you have any resolutions for 2012? Oh, New Year's resolutions. Yes. That's, that's a great, that, that, that's always great. By, by January 2nd, I've already broken most of mine. But uh, do, do, you, do you make resolutions? Is that a South African custom? Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody. Come on. Everybody does that. Yeah. So, so any, have any, any, uh, any 2012 wait, resolutions well, you'd like to share? Eat more bacon. Um, yeah, well, actually, I'm going to eat more bacon, but I want to, by sort of April, May, I want to uh, lose another 20 pounds, eh? Well, wait a minute. Uh, th- those, those may be at kind of cross-purposes there. <laughs> you may want to rethink the latter. <laughs> well, wait, wait, wait. If, if you go high-protein, low-carb diet, you can eat all the bacon hey, you want. Hey, why don't you take up that P90X <laughs> nonsense? <laughs> huh? What's that? No, I said exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what you said. Yeah, so... You, More bacon. You go low-carb, high-protein, you eat all the bacon you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just don't eat any bread. Right. So, so, so you can have the BLT, just don't put it on bread. What you do, yeah. Henning, is you get two big slabs of cheese, <laughs> two big slabs of cheese, and then you put a bunch of bacon in between the two slabs. Craig, what about you? I, I haven't heard a prediction from you, other than one of us is going to be unemployed. I am going to have my picture taken with my shirt off. Oh, Yes, that's true. And, I was going to I was going to predict that. Put it on Facebook I, just to it, torment Swirla. Yeah, no, see I was going to predict that you were going to appear on Facebook shirtless but first, in 2012. I will get one of our gardeners to run his lawnmower over my <laughs> chest and back hairs to uh, to make me presentable. Yeah, I think you need to go 
to like the dog groomers or something before you do the well, shirtless. No, I, I'm I'm really I'm I'm at the point where I have to go to where they shear the sheep. Right after somebody's like had their lasso opso, uh, you know, they, <laughs> clipped. The the clippers at the dog groomers aren't heavy duty enough. I have to go to the sheep shearers. That's that's where I, weed I end up. Weed whacker, that works too. Yeah. So what 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 you got there? Swirly, he's got some music, but Henning can't hear it. There, we've got music. What is this? Oh, Holy Night by Anuna. A, a who what? Anuna. You don't know Anuna? God bless you. I don't know what you're talking about. Great Celtic group. Celtic? I'm the Irish one. All right. Well, Henning can't some hear good, us. Good theology. Just hang on, Henning. We're just playing a little music here. Swirler's got some music. We've got a minute and a half left in the show. Oh, is that all? Turn the music down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any, um, any more 2012 predictions from anyone here? I got a result. I'm resolving. Oh, yeah, resolve. I, I'm resolving. First of all, I'm going to actually try to read a book again. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't read a book in, 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 in probably going on five years now, and and it's time. I'm running out of material. I've been doing a lot of audio books. No, I want to read again. I want to read again because I drive back and forth. I drive so far back and forth to church all the time. I, I do all these audio books. I want to pick up classical guitar again. That's been that's been laying mm. fallow for about uh, ooh twenty years now. Wow. Yeah, it's kind of sad. I used I used to be able to play sort of repertory repertoire Rep- level repertory, uh, you know, pieces. And I need to get back. I want to get into the workshop more again this year. Well, that sounds worthy. It does. I suppose. I got some building to do. <clears throat> I make the same resolution every year, and I keep it. Every year. Not to make a resolution. That's exactly there, my resolution. I well, be it resolved that I shall not be resolved. Well, to you're going to have to, I mean, special. after the horrendous holidays you undoubtedly will have had, uh, you will have to go on another P90X jag for, uh, what does the 90 stand for? 90 days. 90 days. 90 days. Henning, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you guys too, man. We're yes. out of here. We've got Jesus as a friend of mine playing in the background. You can't hear it. <laughs> Another year and more. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is a friend of mine. He taught me how to live my life as it should be. He taught me how to turn my cheek when people laugh at me. I've had friends before, and I can tell you that he's one who will never leave you flat. Oh, so glad. Pass the Amarula, would you? Jesus is my friend. He taught me how to pray and how to save my soul. He taught me how to raise my God and still play Like it was recorded in a college dorm. Pork chops. You love ham and cheese sandwiches. I grew up on all that. I love bacon. God knows what's best for us. The pig will eat anything. A pig eats waste and garbage. This is kind of gross, but a pig will eat its own dead child. Four hours later, it's sent to the slaughter and butcher. In a few days, it's on your plate at home. And as I said, I love bacon. I made changes, not only for my health's sake, I made changes to honor God.